Hi everyone, it's your host Liz. Today's guest is Lauren Lapid from Orange County, California. Lauren was determined to find a job across the country after college, so she decided to give herself 10 weeks as a trial period in New York City. Now, a year later, I'm talking to Lauren about what it's like being the youngest in the group, navigating her career, and what it's like being a rookie in New York City. This is Realistically with Liz. Hey, Lauren, thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Um, I would love for you to tell everyone where you grew up and where you went to school and what brought you to New York. Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for having me. First off, Liz, I'm so excited to be on your podcast. But yeah, I am a really fresh New Yorker. It's almost my one-year anniversary since I moved from California, Um, but that has been cut short since I had to fly back home because of coronavirus. But nonetheless, it's been a really fun process. I graduated last May from George Mason University in like the DC, Virginia area. So I've been on the East Coast for quite a bit. But yeah, I'm originally from LA, so it's been quite a change. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely. I I think I always think of New York and LA as like polar opposites. You're always totally. like, it's like West Coast, East Coast, good weather, bad weather. <laughs> <laughs> Small talk all the time, and New York is like to the chase. Like, yeah, none of yeah. That. So let's talk about like when you knew for the first time that you wanted to move to New York and, you know, obviously you, you just mentioned that you went to school in Virginia. So was it, you know, after you went to school that that kind of idea came, came about, or was it something that you kind of always thought about like when you were younger and like maybe you knew someone in New York or you just like aspired to, you know, I don't know, like a TV show or like a mentor or someone that was like (laughs) New York and you're like, I need to go to New York. Like how, how did that come about? I mean, I feel like growing up, New York is so romanticized, right? It's like the city where everything happens and it has this very like magical image. But like you mentioned, LA and New York are polar, polar, polar opposites. And so I was like, okay, I don't really know if I'm even cut out to do city life. And my first trip to New York City, I will never forget it. I was in the eighth grade and my sister was in the Macy Thanksgiving Day Parade as a cheerleader. And that was like the coldest Thanksgiving New York had had in years. Like just our luck. I wasn't prepared at all. My jacket did not cut it. And it was just my sister, my mom and me. And with my sister gone, my mom and I always argue. And I was a kid, my mom and I were always arguing, always yelling at each other. So like my first experience in New York was not amazing. And because it was during such like a touristy time, you know, like the city is different during the holidays and that's yeah. even more crowded than normal. And there's so much going on that I was completely overwhelmed. And that experience is kind of what made me decide not to go to college in New York. Like I didn't think I'd be ready to make that jump. And so going to school in a smaller city like DC and being on the East Coast was like enough to get my feet wet and make me realize like, okay, if I could do this, then the next like logical progression is New York because especially as a designer um, in a creative space, New York does have some of like the best jobs. So I knew that it was a goal. I just didn't know if I could do it. And then I did it and I have no regrets. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I think DC is definitely like a good comparison. I think Virginia overall is like definitely a little bit more, um, I think a little bit more suburbs when I think Virginia, but if you're in the DC part, there's definitely like everything's obviously a lot of 
fast moving pieces. Um, I think nothing compares to New York, but it's definitely nothing. a little, a little taste to it. Also, mm-hmm. let's go, uh, let's talk about like, I mean, eighth grade, you came to New York. I think that was one of the first times I came to New York as well. Mm-hmm. I, I came to visit, uh, with, with my dad actually, and kind of did just like your, your simple, like touristy, like take the ferry, like, yeah. tour, and, <laughs> like yeah, and you go to, like, um, the Empire State Building, and you do, like, all those little things. I remember I stayed somewhere, like, in Times Square, which, like, I would probably never do now. We did, too. <laughs> it was very, I think, I try, I try to remember so hard about it, because I just really, some of it just, like, it just, like, passes my mind. I just remember that there was, like, this one little, like, store, like, in Times Square, which now you really don't see them. Like, there's really just, like, a souvenir store and then, like, really big flagship yeah. stores, like, you know, like, the H&Ms and the Forever 21s. Um, but I just remember there was this little shop that had, like, little trinkets and stuff, and I was, like, such weird things that, like, used to be in Times Square, and now it's, like, just, like, the mecca for, like, I remember over the years, um, now seeing like more stores, like, you know, joining and like creating like a big space there because before I remember when I first moved here, there was still the Toys R Us store. (gasps) Wow. Rip Toys R Us. So that was like huge. It had like the little carousel inside and like all the, it was really cute. Like all the little, um, like the carriage, I don't even know what they're called. The things in the carousel that you sit in, um, they were all different. What's the word? It was like different characters. Yes. Characters. Boom. (laughs) It's different characters from different shows. So like you could get like on a Rugrats one or like like, something like SpongeBob. Like fun it was all different and like it sucks because like obviously now it's like doesn't exist anymore but I remember when I first came it was really like that M&M world and like maybe something else mm-hmm. but now it's like literally shopping centers for all these yeah. tourists people to like come and just really be like okay not only are we taking pictures like in Times Square but we're actually mm-hmm. shopping yeah. and like spending a lot of time here um so obviously it's increased like foot traffic and just I think for any New Yorker, it's just like a nightmare. Like anytime you have to kind of, I had to like go to Times Square. I think I want to say back in February, if I remember correctly Mm. for, um, it was like a training or something. And the building that the training was being held in was literally like on the border of like seventh Avenue. And I was like, okay like where like we're taking a trip (laughs) I was like very like I had worked um like really close to Grand Central so we were obviously Mm -hmm. like gonna walk from the office and when I went I was like oh my god like this is so wild like even as you approach it like there's so many things happening and I was like okay at least I'm gonna be indoors all day like hopefully I don't need to exit for anything hopefully there's food and coffee provided because at first like I remember being like okay like what am I gonna look for first but luckily there was like some sort of like coffee shop inside like there was like a it it wasn't a WeWork, but it definitely looked like it, that there was it like had a, the vibe, yeah. It had the vibe of it. So, I mean, we'll talk about that later. That's off topic. So you visit New York. You're not really thrilled by it. Yeah. What what really made that like jump, that leap to, to New York? So I know that, I mean, as a designer, there are several different routes you can take, right? And I'm a graphic designer, and so I'd say that the three hubs are LA, because if you know, if you want to work in the movies and like the big agencies out here, like that's where you go. 
And then you could go to San Francisco if you're into tech and want to be a product designer, work at Facebook, work at Google, or you could move to New York and get into media and publishing. So like the other side of like the LA business, right? So like big publishing companies like Hearst, Condé Nast. And I knew that, you know, the best jobs for what I wanted to do, like doing like this digital work and having the opportunity to just like try out a bunch of different companies, try agencies. There are so many tech companies in New York. Like I liked that it wasn't limiting in the industry. And so that's what drew me there. And knowing how expensive and how difficult it is to like make the move to New York, I knew that the only time in my life that I would be willing to sacrifice that much to move to a city would be like now while I'm like young, relatively unattached and like relatively used to living in pretty poor conditions after college. But yeah, that's, it's been a journey. I moved to New York without a real job. I had an internship because I feel like it's so hard to get a job in New York without like a New York or tri-state area address. And I was like, it was either LA or Virginia, like either way I was far away. And so the only offer that I got after applying to tons and tons of jobs in New York was for an internship that paid minimum wage. And I was like, you know what? Screw it. Like, I might as well give it a shot. And it's a 10-week trial period. If I end up hating New York and, like, the city, like, eats me up and, like, spits me back out, I could go back to L.A. easy. But I found a job and I stayed. And so it's been quite – it's been fun. It's been a journey. I feel like – it simultaneously feels like I've been here for years and also like I've only been here for minutes, you know? I think now we're kind of going to see a shift in like the job market and how those things, obviously, you know, you mentioned coronavirus and like you just because like your resume doesn't say something New York related. Now it's like more remote jobs being open. I think that's going to be definitely not something that a recruiter or let's say a hiring uh, team is going to be looking at. And I've always asked people whether or not they had a plan when they moved here because it's not super easy. And uh-huh. you're a year in, I'm 10 years in. So I love this dynamic. Um, when <laughs> you're I like moved- a real New Yorker now. I consider you a real New Yorker. <laughs> when... <laughs> When I moved here, um, I went I went to college here and basically I didn't decide to just kind of, you know, do my four years and then check mm-hmm. out and then like, let's say move somewhere else. Like it, I always thought about it. And then like, as I, you know, spent more time in New York and got different jobs and, you know, met different people like that, just like the idea kept like turning. Yeah. I remember one of my goals was like, oh, I'm going to move to, to LA like okay. when, like post-college, I was like, I'm going to move to LA post-college. Like, this is what I'm going to do. And I actually remember, um, I think I was like having a moment and I was like cleaning out all of like my cloud stuff. Like I was like trying mm-hmm. to make room and like emails. And I found some old college essay I had written that, Stop. that said that, that said that like my goal, like my five-year goal or something was to move to LA. Mm-hmm. And, you know, through the years that I've been here, it like the idea has completely like shattered. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've, I've gone to LA many times. I've, I've talked about this. I, I used to go to LA like once a year with one of my past jobs. And I also mm-hmm. did an internship in college. And that was really, I think my internship was definitely a different time. Yeah. Because one, it was an unpaid internship. It oh was, God. I did a school credit internship and it was like your typical nine to five. Like I, I, basically took on the shoes of this like 
department of like my okay. role. So that was really like eye opening because I was, you know, about to graduate. I, I did it between, I believe the last like year in college. So it was definitely like a wake up call of just like, you know, changing roles from being a college student to then yeah. like entering the real world. And that wasn't the exhausting part. It was okay. more of like, I went to LA and I didn't know anybody and I didn't have a car. Oh no. Okay. Yeah. That's rough. That's really, really rough. (laughs) So it was really rough, but then, you know, fast forward when I actually, you know, had a job and I worked for a denim company before that was based in LA and most, you know, denim brands and a lot of clothing Mm -hmm. brands are based in LA. And I did have exposure to going to LA, but then at that point, like New York really already felt like home to me. So Mm -hmm. Um, I could, I could see what you mean that, you know, you kind of move and you don't know what to expect and you kind of just have to go with it, challenge yourself, you know, whether you mm-hmm. said 10 weeks you have to, to find this job or it was a trial period. Um, so what were some of those like challenges that you had to like overcome? Like, again, we're, you're just a year in, so you might still be facing some of these <laughs> I'm challenges, so many still. <laughs> um, but like, let's say those first few months, like when, you know, maybe when your internship was up, what happened then? Like, was it also like an easy conversation when you decided to, to move here with like your family or your friends, like Mm -hmm. you deciding aside from, okay, you already went to college, which I feel like sometimes parents think like, oh, I can get them back after college. Yes. Um, So how did, how did that, how did that go about? Oh, where did I even begin? So my parents were not pleased to say the least when I said that I was, going to move to New York. I didn't really say like, can I? I said, this is happening. I'm moving to New York. I got this like relatively prestigious internship. Like it'd be stupid of me not to take it. But you know, I'd been away for four years and I spent every summer interning in LA or San Francisco. So my parents were like, oh, like she's got this in the bag. Like She'll get a job in California, move back home. She's been away for so long. But you know, like there was that part of me that always wondered what if I moved to New York and so when I told them, it was, like, a part of them were just, like, they're, like, okay, yay, like, congrats on the job, but also, like, what the heck, like, you're gonna start over again, because they know my freshman year of college, I was so lonely for quite some time, I was, like, really sad, I was really homesick, and I was, like, yeah, but if I move back home, I'm just gonna get comfortable again, and then I'm never gonna want to leave, so I need to do this now, like, this is my time, and then I moved to New York, and I was staying in a summer sublet in Astoria, Queens, which was, like, such a fun neighborhood. I really, really enjoyed it. And it was convenient because my internship was in Rockefeller. And so it was like quick six stops and it was so much cheaper not to live in Manhattan. And like, I was really lucky. It was like a relatively nice apartment with AC because I had never been to New York during the summer. That was my first exposure. (laughs) It gets so muggy. I never thought that it would get that muggy, but it did. And oh, it was so gross. So glad that we had AC. But the hard thing that I learned was that Ubers between boroughs, Ubers in general in the city, but Ubers between boroughs were so expensive and it would be hard when I'd like be trying to make friends with other interns or other like young people in the city and they'd all be going out on like, you know, like the lower east side, the east village. And because I lived on a local stop, I learned on the weekends or past a certain time, I had no way to get home other than an Uber and that would cost so much money and like even though I wanted to go out all the time and like make friends, I had to be financially responsible. And so I definitely feel like I missed out in that regard. 
And that's something I learned. I like now live in Manhattan um, and I pay the price for it. But for my first year, I feel like it was really worth it. But I think like the other hard thing was like, you know, in LA, we don't have public transit. You drive everywhere. It's like you have your own personal space. It's like really nice. And then in New York, I feel like you walk or take the subway. Like who has a car? You know, like who are these people driving the streets of New York City? Not me. <laughs> so and having to navigate the subway surprisingly was harder than I thought it would be. Like even with all the apps, I think it's just like easy to get overwhelmed, especially during rush hour. Everybody's like walking a certain direction, knows exactly where they're going. And like when you're newer, it's like your first time transferring at a station and like you have all this pressure to make it before your train leaves. It's like it. I remember just like being so overwhelmed. Yeah. So visceral. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, subway, I, I think that's one of the first things that I actually, I like made it my mission to like learn the subway. And mm -hmm. I lived a couple different, when I first moved here, I lived in the city because I was dorming. And then a couple years in is when I like decided to live in the outer boroughs. So that was when I moved to Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. And then at one point I lived in the Bronx. So I got to experience like you so many lot, different, yeah. the only borough I haven't lived in is Queens. But, um, it was just like, I needed to learn everything. And like, I don't know if it's like a memory or a numbers mm -hmm. thing. And I got really good at it. So like, even now, like, I feel like I still walk with my friends sometimes and I'll like know exactly where we're going. Like in terms of like, okay, great. We have to like, the next subway stop is like three blocks away or something like that. And wow. That's impressive. They'll always be like, we're, like, we're just going to follow you. Like, I don't know where you're going. You are the navigator. Or like, they'll be on their <laughs> phones and I'm like, oh, do you have Google maps open? And they're like, no, I'm just on Instagram. And I was like, oh, okay, great. I was like, so I'm navigating. And it's like, it's funny. Cause like, I don't think I am. And like, then I'm like, okay, great. That's fine. Like, let me just tell me so I can actually, you know, point us be in aware. Right, yeah. Be aware. Yeah. And like point us in the right direction. Again, like even that first year is just so always overwhelming. Like mm -hmm. you just really don't know. And, you know, even with rush hour, I think even now, even like when you change jobs, like me 10 years in changing jobs and like, having different a different commute. commute like your commute is so important because like New Yorkers are used to like getting their routines down yes. so it's like oh that's okay. such a perfect phrase it's so true it's like routines are super key and then it's like okay well if I live here I need to get on the express train to get to work or I need to get on the express train then transfer take the local one stop and then I'm at work and yes. that's really how <laughs> your brain functions so it's it's especially hard when you are new and then, you know, on the weekends, like you said, which a lot of people, I feel like if you don't live in New York and you're listening, like if you try to take the subway on the weekend, you're just going to be super confused because Sucks. everything is local and they're like, well, everything's local. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? And it's like, no, there's actually no, no. a difference between local and express trains. And even like the time that you're waiting between trains. Like, yes. That's the worst. It's extended now. So that's like a whole thing. And I, I do remember that too. I mean, that's still something that like, even mm -hmm. now is like, it's a challenge. Like you need to always like prepare for that. Like, I think I spoke about that in another episode too, mm -hmm. that you really, um, you just have to know your way. Like if you don't know, it's like, okay, great. If I work, you mentioned you worked at, uh, you worked at Rockefeller before or near Rockefeller center. So you're like, great. I got to get off at 47th and 50th. Mm -hmm. I got to uh, take the orange train or I got to take this train. And then it's like knowing that and even knowing your exits. Like I remember once you start taking, yes, like, knowing the, the train exit, lot, knowing the exact car. Yes. 
it's knowing the car, it's knowing the exit. And also it's like, if you're going to be in Rockefeller, you're like, great. If I get off in the middle, I'm going to be where like the terminal is. Mm -hmm. And there's like food, there's Starbucks, there's the Dunkin' and things like that. (laughs) So, I mean, it, it just like, is something that you always, there's a million things going on in our minds. Oh yeah. And I feel like, you know, obviously New Yorkers get a bad rep for just like walking, not paying attention, being super fast. Um, but it's like, we're constantly thinking like, we're like, yeah. we're, great. Like, we're, we're so always much- three steps ahead. I feel like a hundred percent. And I think that we're always being like, we're always stimulated by something, whether or not it looks like yes. we're literally like, we could look dead, dead in thing. the eye, like a hundred percent. Oh my gosh. No, that's like so true. It's really funny because the first time I visited home after being in New York for only three months, I literally was just like walking through the streets of LA with my friends and they're like, Lauren, slow down. Like, why are you walking so fast? Like, where do we need to be right now? And I'm like, listen, if I walk your pace in New York, somebody's bumping into me and like yelling some sort of profanity. Like, I'm sorry. It's just like hardwired in my brain now. Yeah. It's also an adjustment too. I mean, again, having your personal space, like when you're using a car to commute everywhere, like I did grow up the same way that when I was able to get my driver's license at 16, I had a car, I was driving myself to school. Mm -hmm. I was driving myself to the mall. Like that was my thing going to the beach. I was like, great. And then here you're like, okay, great. Like subway, you have to rely on it. And you know, I remember moving here when there was no Uber, like before Uber existed. Oh, wow. Yellow cabs. Not, not only. trying to age myself, but like, <laughs> I just remember like, it's funny because I feel like during like being self-quarantined now, I, my mind has been like visiting like old memories and stuff. And oh. I just like, remember, I was, I remembered this one time that I actually did go to Queens to someone's house like you know it was a typical like you know kind of like hangout sesh and it was like the one person who had an apartment that was like you know nice enough that could fit everyone and (laughs) it happened to be in Queens and I don't know what happened I got into a fight with someone but like not like just like a you know verbal fight and nothing worse no 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 punches were thrown no nothing and I just remember being like I'm going home and it was like 2 3 a.m in the morning and i was oh like gosh. i'm going home i'm taking the subway oh, no, in queens back to brooklyn which is first of all queens to brooklyn driving five stars it takes you 15 minutes oh but through the subway, the subway it takes you so much longer and i just remember like stomping super upset to like the astoria platform mm-hmm. and then just like waiting shit long time for the train and then sitting on the train to get to Times Square to then do my other transfer. Oh no. It was like the wildest thing. I was on the train for so long. I don't think I go home till like 5 a.m. or something. Oh, like it was so miserable. It was so wild. And I was like thinking about that. And I was like, damn, I was like young. I was stupid. Like, why was I taking the train? Like my mother would have never like allowed me to like any of that, which like is Hopefully she doesn't listen to this episode. <laughs> it's all in the past now. <laughs> um, yeah, no, but definitely it's always like just, I think that you're constantly like thrown into situations that you just don't expect. Mm-hmm. And that's also like a really fun thing too. It's not always bad. Mm-hmm. I feel like New York has in a way just like taught me to always just expect the unexpected and not to be like cheesy but I just feel like I'm so unfazed by so many things now at this point like you move to New York you see it all you know so I feel like I've just gotten so used to just like oh 
all right, like, that's another crazy person just, like, peeing on the side of the road, cool, just mind my own business, like, you just, you just, like, learn to accept. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Um, One of my guests actually um gave me, like, just the best quote ever. She said that you, New York teaches you to be comfortable with the uncomfortable. A hundred percent. I agree. You, yeah, you don't ever really know what is going to be expected, even if you plan your day out mm-hmm. to like perfection. I'm taking the whatever 855 train. I'm going on this subway. I'm going to get off here. And then I don't know, you have a delay. There's sick passenger or then like your mm-hmm. coffee shop suddenly has a long line and like you didn't do the, you know, the fast checkout or like the mobile order. And then you're oh. like, it's like the little things that we take for granted it's literally like oh like the mobile orders or like you know things like that that it's like you don't think about anywhere else like yes Mm -hmm. pick up and like things like that and like other states and cities but like New Yorkers rely so much on just like convenience of things Mm -hmm. that I think that's also what like keeps us going because we're always like sure I can seamless at like two o'clock in the morning (laughs) now now we can't we used to yeah, I I really do feel like being in New York has made me just so hyper aware of like every little thing. And before, like routines weren't like my thing. You know, I lived in two very relatively like laid back areas compared to New York, where you know, like I'm just going with the flow. I never really cared. And now it's like I can literally time. Like I know exactly like to the T. Like if I leave my apartment at 847 I'll get to the subway at this time I'll only have to wait two minutes to get on the train and like I it's like ridiculous because I never was the kind of person to not like micromanage but to like be that granular with my schedule and in New York it's like nope because if I'm two minutes late then I'm only then I'm gonna have to wait for another five minutes and it just throws everything off and yeah it's just like crazy how aware we are of ourselves Mm -hmm. in the city yeah the self-awareness and like again I think constantly being stimulated when we don't even know we are and like other it's like when people visit too it's so interesting to see how they so you're one year in what have you been doing and you know how how are things now like have you come to like feel a little bit more comfortable in Mm -hmm. New York oh man you know I feel like I've been at my current job now I'm a graphic designer I'm at Condé Nast, so I work in the World Trade Center, and so I feel like every single day when I'd go into the office, I just had massive imposter syndrome. I was like, what am I doing here in this huge building? And of course, like financial district, I'm surrounded by suits all day until I like get into my office, and it's just like the most bizarre thing, just so different, but I feel like I just kind of faked it until I made it. Like, I, you know, I'd always fake like I knew where I was going. I'd like act like I like knew what was going on or like you know I just like held myself in a way that like I was like okay like this is how I would act if I were comfortable and then like I blinked and like one day like I wasn't even like pretending anymore it was like yeah I know where that conference room is like I've run into that VP and like we've shared conversations and like it kind of just like happened naturally in that sense but it, it has been an adjustment in the sense that my internship was at an agency that was relatively young like young team very female like very fun like casual like people we'd have like bar carts in the office on Thursdays like happy hours in the office like it was like crazy casual and like 
I could roll up wearing like a denim skirt and like, you know, it wasn't like I had to dress fancy at all. Flash forward to my current job and, you know, like we represent a brand, we represent fashion and media and all things glossy. And so I can't necessarily like roll up to work wearing what I wore to my internship. And so that was a little bit of an adjustment. I was like, wow, New Yorkers like really do have a sense of fashion that I did not have after being an art student for four years. I was like, I rolled up to class every day in sweatpants for four years. Like I need to acclimate myself to being like a big girl and having big girl pants. But then also I have, I just feel like I've grown a lot in the sense that, you know, like I'm the youngest in my company and I'm certainly the youngest like on my team and between everybody I interact with on a daily basis I am the youngest and not only am I the youngest I'm like a rookie to New York and everybody knows I graduated last May and so I feel like there was a lot to prove in that sense like not only was I like a deer caught in headlights being this like girl from Orange County California in New York City like polar opposites but I was also like this fresh out of art school girl, like working on a team with people who have been at the company for years and years. And so I feel like in a lot of ways, like I've like really toughened my skin and I've really just like grown so fast because yeah, like when you move to New York, you don't, you don't just like ease in, you're kind of just like thrown in and you sink or you swim. So I had to learn to swim. (laughs) It just dawned on me. Like you mentioned that you work in one world trade, which, Mm -hmm. uh, Back in the day, Condé Nast was in Times Square. In Times Square. Oh, thank God we moved. <laughs> so, but I do remember just seeing that building and like knowing that like I, and it's funny because again, I did go to school for fashion. So we didn't really have like that norm of like when you mentally picture a college student with like all branded sweats of their college, people at FIT don't really do that. In the dorms, Yes outside of the dorms it was like a fashion show like when I went to college it was like the prime time for like Jeffrey Campbell shoes and like platform shoes and it was like so fun everybody was like always decked out and like look at my like you know obviously Michael Kors back then it was like look at my Michael Kors bag and like this and that and it was just always like you know, people, it's, I'm talking about people in my major, at least, because the design students were not giving that lux. Like, design students were, like, still very fashionable, but, like, just wearing all black because they were yes, working, that's all we like, do. 12, 14-hour days, like, doing projects. Like, I remember because, like, my roommate was in fashion design, so, like, she didn't do graphic, but she did fashion design, so it was still, like, drawing things that like Mm -hmm. it was all these things and it was just like you kind of miss out on that like kind of vegging out part of college here but yeah going back to the Condé Nast during one of my internships um I remember just like seeing the address like we were sending Mm -hmm. samples to I think someone in the department some out of all of the branches it was definitely somewhere and I was like oh my god Condé Nast and it was like there was that building and then there's the other one that's like the Hearst building which was like Mm -hmm. a little bit um further up which is by Columbus Circle which Mm -hmm. I still to this day like you know you see the building and like it was, it's, it's kind of like everyone's dream. Like if you did grow up in this space. Yeah. I mean, you think devil wears Prada, man. You walk in yeah. and you're like, what the heck? Yeah. I mean, it, it's just like that. And like, you're, you know, you go to school for these things that again, you might not necessarily be like, okay, like not everyone's like, is can you get a job from this? Like, can you pay your bills from this? Like a hundred percent concern. It's all these things. And again, that's why I asked you too, like, how was that conversation like? Because a lot of times it's like, if you don't decide to choose like what they, like 
they, and by they, I mean, like, let's say your parents or whoever, yeah. you know, you, your friends were and your, you know, just how you grew up. Mm-hmm. Like if, if that wasn't really like what they thought the normal was or what they thought your path was yeah. going to be, like, it's definitely even more challenging for yourself to want to prove yourself and that mm-hmm. you can do this. Yes. I was so terrified of failing. I was like, I know that if in 10 weeks, like it doesn't work out and I move back to LA, like everyone will be happy that I'm back. But also it'd be like a weird, like I have to admit defeat. Like I couldn't handle New York city or like I couldn't be successful in like the Mecca of graphic design, you know, like the biggest agencies like Pentagram, for example, is based in New York. Like all of the most famous graphic designers in the world have done a stint in New York city. And I was like, I need to do something and like make it in the city. Otherwise, like it's my own pride. And I mean, New York is just so expensive. I mean, California is expensive. DC is expensive, but New York is like its own world and it's so different. And I mean, you know, like as a creative, when you're fresh out of college, you're not making the big bucks. So it is like an adjustment in terms of lifestyle. But I also just feel like it's an investment because once you make it in New York City, like, you can make it anywhere. I, it's almost been a year, only a year since I've been at Condé Nast, and I get LinkedIn messages every day from companies in LA or San Francisco being like, would you move back to California? And so it's, like, crazy how many doors have opened for me just because, you know, like, I did the thing in New York City, and I mean, there's totally merit to that, and I, like, didn't just move to New York to say that I did, you know, like, I do love the city, and I love Broadway, and I love the food scene, But, you know, it definitely was a risk, but I feel like, you know, with every like great like risk comes some great reward if you do it right. And I'm definitely seeing that kind of come to fruition. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, that's awesome. And I think that's ultimately what we want to find and like kind of see in ourselves. Like it's Mm -hmm. not really about, yes, it's like an extra plus that, you know, our friends are like, wow, you're making it in New York York. or even like (laughs) Like not as sexy as they think. Or even like your family being like, okay, great. Like Lauren's doing good. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, things like that. Like I'm sure everyone, like that's always something that we want to hear. And like, it does bring us joy. I completely agree in that front, but for like ourselves to just really go at it on our own and Mm -hmm. say like, I'm going to like focus on finding a job, making it on my own, like financially and like finding friends, which like doing all of that, like you said, is like, it's not always easiest. Like you, mm-hmm. you were talking about like during your internship, just like having to travel to like, cause you know, even now, even now 10 years in, like I, I knew like I was working in Midtown for the past year and I was like, Oh, I hate going out in Midtown. Like when you think oh, of yeah. that kind of like after work drink, you'd always be like, great. Can we like go somewhere else? Yeah. Oh, like, Midtown. And my office did have like that kind of like relaxed, like Friday environment that we would like drink in the office and like it was like something really nice because it did create this like better like company culture and morale every borough and every little neighborhood comes with different price points not only in terms of rent but in terms of going out Mm -hmm. so you're like oh like let's go downtown like let's get that happy hour or you know so it's always like a constant like you're you're constantly like rotating and trying to figure out those things so yeah Yeah. No, I totally, totally agree. And that's part of why my roommate and I are actually moving at the end of the summer. Because when we first moved, there was such a big rush to, you know, just like not be homeless, to just like find something. And when you're on a time crunch and it's your first time moving, like moving in New York City is wild. Nobody tells you what a broker is or like how fast everything moves and like the list of 
documents you need just to like get your lease signed. It's like, it's crazy. Like I've lived in like townhouses that are much nicer than what I currently live in, in DC. And I don't pay like near, I pay way more than I did when I lived there. And it's like, for what? It's crazy. And so we're looking forward to moving because we don't live in like a super like young and pop in neighborhood. So like we priced it out, like the money we spend on Ubers going out and whatnot, like, you know, it just doesn't make sense. And we definitely just want to like move somewhere that has laundry nearby because our walk to the laundromat right now is two avenues and five streets, which like, oh yeah, it's not close. So it's been a struggle. It was a humbling first apartment, but we're ready for at least like a slight come up. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny because like I want to talk about these things too. Like I think again, like people that live in New York can relate to this, but then again, people that don't live in New York are like, what is she talking about? Like a laundromat, this and that. Like mm-hmm. we do not have a car to bring our bags of laundry. No. Like we're physically carrying them. Like we're not doing yeah. like that like delivery drop-off service because I can't to be honest. That can't afford it or sometimes it doesn't even service your neighborhood if you could Mm -hmm. afford it and then it's like all these things um but even like finding apartments like I do remember like it's just really it's weird like I my first apartment we definitely found it like on Craigslist and it was like after we saw like a bunch of apartments and then even now like that there's more options for you to like go online like obviously there's street yeah. easy street there's, easy. Like, I love street easy. there's like so many different apps and things and like i remember even talking to someone that said that she used a roommate app because she oh. didn't know anybody when she moved here that's so, a real issue too like you had to do all like you literally have to go like jump through all these different hoops because you're like i want to live in new york but again like you're trying everything to be, like, is harder you're trying in to new york be like city. yeah you're trying to be reasonable you're like okay i need to like still be able to feed myself but again even like weighing up the options like let's say okay we're going to pay more rent because then we're going to save on like you know, travel expenses. And like, that makes sense for people. Like I know other people that have done the same thing that for instance, like always worried about a zip code, like, oh, I'm going to live in Manhattan for instance. But then when they ended up moving to a different borough, they were like, oh my God, I got so much more space. So much more. And it was also, it, it like, they didn't care about anything else. They were like, hey, I got more space. And like, I'm actually enjoying more space, especially now when people are, you know, stuck in their homes. And I think that's why, I think that's why also we tend to live in smaller spaces and be okay with smaller spaces in New York because we're never truly home. No. Oh, that's such, such a good point. In this movie called How to Be Single, it came out in like 2016, Mm -hmm. you know, like with Dakota Dakota. and she's like moving to New York and she's looking for apartments and the, like the other protagonist, Rebel Wilson's character it's like, you just need 500 square feet to like, like bathe and occasionally sleep. Like you're not looking for a home. And I feel like when you're this young and new to the city, like, it's so true. I barely would spend any time in my apartment. You know, on the weekends, I'd be out doing things or like running errands. And on the weekdays, it's like, by the time I got home and ate dinner, like it was time for bed. So it, it was like pretty true. I didn't need the luxuries, but you know, I mean, coming home, for a prolonged period of time, for the first time really in almost five years, 
is like, you know, it's like a reality check of like, oh my gosh, look, like a garage and laundry and a nice kitchen, but like, I'm not in New York City, you know? So like, there's that trade-off. Yeah, I know. I knew a couple people that have done the same thing, like because of COVID, they've like gone back home and yeah, it's again, you're like facing all these different things now like you you're not in New York you're also not in your own space you're either oh you're with family or like you're with other friends that like also decided to do the same thing because like you know New York is a risky place to be right now but yeah it's definitely just like it's almost like a culture shock in your own home you're like oh my room is like not my room anymore yeah this is the room I grew up in and also like it feels huge now like growing up it didn't feel big and then I came home and I was like what everything feels so spacey here (laughs) yeah um so I want to talk about your podcast as well Lauren has a podcast everyone that's listening it's called rookies in the real world where did you get the idea about this like obviously you are a rookie in New York yeah why did you decide to start with it and how, how is that going for you right now? Yeah. So our eighth episode actually dropped this week, which is like wild. I'm like, wow, we've made it this far. That's kind of cool. <laughs> but I've always loved podcasts and podcasts really became an integral part of my routine in New York. Like they're a part of my like getting ready and commuting. And like when I first moved, you know, like I looked for every single resource I possibly could that could prepare me for New York city. And like as much as like, I hate to admit it, like a lot of like the mainstream ones, these aren't the most relatable people, you know, like they're influencers or they like come from a background that like has given them a lot of like opportunities and just, you know, like money that most people starting out in New York don't really have. And so they, although like they're detailing the struggles and like their perspective, it's like, it wasn't a perspective or struggles that I personally was going through. And that was something that my peers that were also fresh out of college expressed. And, you know, I just feel like, especially like right out of college in your early twenties, you're going through so many milestones in your life so, so quickly. And I also just kind of wanted a way to document that because I like would call my sister and be like, I just feel like every day I'm making another rookie mistake. Right. And like, that was a word that kind of stuck with me is like, I'm a rookie at work. I'm a rookie in New York. I'm a rookie to like all things adulting because college isn't adulting, you know, like you're in your own bubble. And so I was just like, you know what, like after so many DMs on Instagram and LinkedIn, just asking me how the move went, like what advice do I have? And then just general like career growth advice. I've done so many informational phone calls with like past um, students at my university. I was like, okay, clearly people somehow trust my opinion. Um, And if I'm noticing patterns in what they're asking, like, maybe I, if I just like found a platform to express my advice on, like this could be a resource for other people. And also it would be kind of fun to just document my shenanigans during this crazy journey. And that's kind of where Rookies was born, but it's been like so fun so far, really. Yeah. And why, why a podcast and not a blog, for instance? I do not have the patience to write. So I, you know, I'm like a creator. I like to edit and I like that sense of like tangibility, but I knew I didn't have the time to start a YouTube, right? And like YouTube, granted podcasting is pretty saturated, but I feel like YouTube especially is saturated. And I mean, like for me knowing that like 
I use podcasts as something informational and educational. And I like that I don't have to look because I can multitask. And I feel like this is the kind of information like moving to New York or like giving advice about like asking for a raise and stuff. Like you don't need visuals for that. You would just be looking at my face. And like, frankly, I like hate getting myself done up. I wouldn't want to <laughs> record my <laughs> face on a weekly basis anyway. And so it just felt right. And, you know, like knowing that I had listened to podcasts for so long and kind of having like a general understanding of what I thought worked and what didn't work. I felt like I could start something from the ground up and, you know, like see, see how it goes. Yeah. No. Um, well, thanks for sharing. Um, yeah, I think it's really, that's kind of something similar that I felt that it was like, I wanted to start a podcast because I wanted to share not only my story, but other people's stories Mm -hmm. that, you know, had decided to move to New York or had grown up in New York and just have experienced really so many different things. I appreciate your podcast for that. It's very, it's very real. Yeah. And thank you. And I, I think that, you know, over the past couple of episodes that we've, that we've done, um, it's just like, so many different people either that have worked in fashion. Um, I interviewed it's someone that like lived in New York and then left New York and then like came back. So it's like people that have seen New York as like a stepping stone. So I definitely wanted to, you know, create a podcast around that and just create a conversation around that, that again, it's not so much like something you are going to be able to like, okay, like I need to glue my focus onto like a piece of paper or like, you know, a Mm -hmm. blog post and really like engage with someone. And I think there are some blogs that, you know, have things out there that are really engaging and have great content, like creators and like writers for that. Um, But, you know, actually like having a conversation like we are right now is really what um, uh, have kept people like just like really engaged. And I think that's really why podcasts are, are really yeah (laughs) and I just feel like there's a level of authenticity here and two people just honestly converse right because that was something I had a problem with just like reading blog posts or like watching YouTube videos like a lot of it did just feel really like edited and scripted and so I just love how like especially with your podcast it is just two people having an honest conversation and like sharing stories that like we're obviously not like faking you know these are all very real experiences that we're comparing and that's what I feel like I trust more than reading a blog post or watching a YouTube video like all of this feels more authentic to me yeah yeah 100% I think that it's just like a way that you can connect with people um Mm -hmm. and it's just like really candid like yes there's some editing involved but I think that you know it's always like interesting to see how people like you know find things like and relate to things that, you know, someone else has experienced and that they're like not alone in that. Um, so now that you've been here for a year and you obviously have started a podcast and been able to experience different things, what are some of your places, like some of your favorite places now in New York? Like, obviously we've talked about how we kind of Mm. stay clear of Times Square, but what are some of those places that like you like neighborhoods that you like to hang out in? Maybe um, neighborhoods, or anything really like restaurants like whatever whatever mm-hmm. you like and like favorite places can is is up for 
uh, discussion here. Yes. So I'm actually opening up the stock that we have. Um, and my friends and I put this together, like our post-corona bucket list, so just everything that we want to do and hit up once we're back in the city and like ready to throw down again. And okay, a few things we love. Um, so my roommate and I, there's this pizza place right by our apartment. It's on 20... 8th Street and 10th Ave, so like the border of Chelsea and Hudson Yards, called Highline Pizzeria. So good. Their grandma slice is amazing. So we're definitely hitting that up once we get back to the city. Um, we're big. I'm a big fan of Italy. I went to Sarah on the rooftop for the first time like two or three months ago, and it was just magical, and the food was so good. The drinks were so good and the waiters were hilarious. Like I loved it. It was such a fun experience. And then I'm trying to think of, let's see. Did, did you go to the Italy, the original one, like in Flatiron or the yes. one down in Finite, the Flatiron yes, one? Yes, the Flatiron yeah. one. Yeah, I've gone to the rooftop as well. And it's honestly like Gorgeous. we, the day we went to, I think it was like very unplanned as in like we didn't have a reservation, but mm. we like we're like we were in Flatiron and we're like we want to get a drink we want it a yeah. rooftop environment and we went and luckily we got a table I think oh, we waited amazing. a little bit um but we got a table and it was like so nice like I think just like the decor and everything like just makes you feel like you're like in a fairy yeah. forest or something yes, that's the perfect and way to describe it it's like so nice and it's funny because I used to um I used to have to travel uh to Boston for work and then while I was traveling the main area, um, like where Newbury Street and like that whole kind of like more touristy area mm -hmm. um, is where they do the marathon, they ended up opening an Italy there. And oh, I was like, what? it was like my saving oh, grace when I would go, so I, would, nice. I would like treat myself to Italy every time. Cause like everything else, like there was a couple spots, like I had been there, I was going like once a month. Oh, so wow, like, that's pretty I knew like the kind of like local spots that like were popular like you know stephanie's on newberry and stuff like that but when they opened italy i was like oh praise jesus and like they always yeah. had like this they changed it that they had like this rotating menu i think what's cool about italy is that you can like sit in front of uh like where they cook the food and like just yeah. kind of see all that it's so cool it's such a different experience and I, that's what i like love about those kinds of food markets like i live near little spain um in like the mall by Epson yards and the food is just so delicious and it is like such a cool experience like go to a tapas bar have the chefs cook right in front of you you see what's going into your food like i just love that kind of like food market vibe and i think that when we move that's what i'm gonna miss about living in the chelsea areas like i would love walking the high line to chelsea market because first off, the donuttery makes such good little donuts. I have the <laughs> biggest sweet tooth. And it's just, I love food markets because they're so fun. You get to do something different every time you go. Um, speaking of Hudson Yards, I remember when it opened, I think I actually went on like the day it opened because Ooh. I was like so in awe that there was like going to be like a new like mall mm -hmm. in my, in like in, in New York. I took the seven and then I got to Hudson Yards and I was like oh my god I was magical so I love a mall I don't know why but I was like oh my god it's and like the first thing you go and see is like I think there's a Cartier and a Fendi yeah it's like so like, bougie on the first floor first floor was like luxury and I was like oh this is beautiful so I was like pretty. I was like so obsessed and obviously like there was like the big sculpture like the vessel mm -hmm. that everyone outside is like taking pictures of 
and then just in general like the layout of the of Hudson Yards was really interesting to me even like I don't know if you knew like the second floor was like dedicated to stores that like hadn't had a retail presence before so um, it was like a focus on direct-to-consumer brands like giving them like short-term leases to like oh that's interesting like, like it was like about a, the stores there that makes sense it was like the first like M. Jemmy store. It was like a quote unquote kind of pop-up situation. I don't know how that's going for them now. I mean, I think even pre-corona, but like, mm. I think that again, like a lot of these, it was back then, like, I feel like a year ago, we were hearing about how like direct consumer brands need to like yeah. focus on like creating something more like, you know, tangible for customers. And now it's like, everybody needs to go back to being online. So it's like so many different things like being thrown at you. Um, but I just like remember loving Hudson Yards, just working in fashion and like working in branding. No, I was like, I'm dying to see this store. And like, even when I went to Neiman Marcus, I remember my friend um, who I actually interviewed for the podcast, like was uh, at Neiman's for the opening day. So I was like, I'm so excited to be oh, here. Oh, that's She's, so cool. It, so it was just, I mean, I didn't buy anything. Cause like, I just, you know, guys, like I'm still like, you know, keeping it on a budget. I was like, this is great. Like, I love a luxury store yeah. environment. Like, it's just like so magical. Oh, no, the mall is so nice. I would like, I feel bad because I literally, like, would walk through the mall from the 7, like, after a night out, because it was just, like, easier to cut through to my apartment versus, like, walking on the streets, and I literally will, like, roll through looking so ratchet, like, clearly have, like, just had a night out, and the security guards were always so sweet, like, never questioned it, like, always knew that I lived, like, in the area, because I'd always, like, walk through the same doors, like, had my routine, and they're always, like, so, so nice, like, I'm gonna miss that for sure, like, even though it's like this bougie mall, everyone was like so friendly. I love just like walking around it too. Like I know it had your, like your usual is like, it had like an H&M and like a Sephora, mm-hmm. but I think just like, it was just like such open space too, that it was yes. like, I, I also really liked like from having a background in like merchandising, mm-hmm. every store like strategically merchandises differently. So yeah. it's like, you're not going to go into the downtown store and see the same thing like in the window. So I always mm. thought that was like, something Ooh, I'm gonna have to start I, paying attention more it was the same thing when like the Nordstrom in New York opened I was so oh, excited I was like I oh my God. love that Nordstrom's I'm such a huge like a Nordstrom's fanatic I feel like I buy everything from Nordstrom and that flagship is gorgeous yeah I, I loved I mean it's just the fact that it has so many floors and even like all the different restaurants and like shops that it has inside and like I remember um go like the there's like a kind of like in between floor that's like their beauty floor that has like a dry bar a face gym uh like a heyday like it had so many things that I was like I'm obsessed like I don't where why would you leave this store Mm -hmm. um and I also tried out like one of the restaurants I can't remember the name right now but it was actually really good I haven't Um, tried any yet I was disappointed in the service because I literally was just like, you guys just opened like a month ago. Oh, that's so disappointing. And I remember we like sat in the front too, that it was like, they had like a loungy area that was like left like tables. It was like very like kind of like booths and like, like a small kind of side table. Mm -hmm. So if you were just doing drinks, it was like a very casual setting. But yeah, I remember we got like shitty service and I was like pissed about Ugh, that. Cause like, yeah, no, that's unfortunate. Less about that. So on to my final question of the episode, what do you love and what do you hate about New York? I find this is like always my favorite part. Cause it's just so like, again, yeah. being a year in being five years, 10 years in, like, it's just, this question is just open. I love that there's always something to do because that was an issue that I had like growing up in 
Orange County, you know, like if I didn't want to drive to LA or whatever, like I hated, hated, hated just like being like, okay, let's just go to the mall this week. You know what I mean? Like when you're younger and you live in the suburbs and like, that's the thing to do. You go to the mall, even though you don't buy anything. So I love that in New York, there's always something different. Like there are so many different restaurants or like, you know, like a, a brand is doing a pop-up and like, there are so many art exhibits and like, there's just, there's so much to do. And I like, love that because I'm the kind of person that's like, okay, let's go on an adventure today. Let's do something different. Like I hate being bored or I hate feeling stuck and in New York city. Like no day is the same, no day is the same ever. And I love that. But what I hate about New York, and I feel like I, I mentioned this earlier, every single thing, unless you are like a millionaire and even then, every single thing in New York is harder. Like going grocery shopping without a car and carrying all your groceries, like you got to be strategic about that. Laundry, you spend so much money at the laundromat if you don't have laundry in your unit. Like it's crazy. And since my laundromat was so far, I literally had to buy one of those carts to like push my clothes in because it was such a miserable walk and I hated it. So I just feel like you have to put in so much more effort in New York and you have to just resign yourself to like a life with less luxury and in some ways with less convenience. And again, I feel like that's part of like the, that's part of what comes with being in New York. Like you, you don't move to New York thinking it's going to be easy, but that's probably the hardest part is just like there, there is no ease. You're always working hard. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I think, yeah, it's never, I think it never truly sets in like how much you do spend unless you have like all these alerts on your phone that tells you like, Hey, you yes. just spent like $7 on a coffee. Ooh, um, I'm so guilty of that. <laughs> so, I mean, which now I think that we're learning so much about like our spending habits, just like being at home because it's like, you know, now I've always been like a really big coffee person and I've always had like either like, you know, when like Keurigs were really big. Mm -hmm. I had a, like, I had like yep. a personal Keurig in my apartment and like now, um, over the past years, like I upgraded to like an espresso machine. So mm. it's like all these things, um, I got it on home sale. So look out for those. Ooh. Um, so yeah, like all these different things, like I would have these like coffee machines, like let's say at my house, but then like, I would always have to like be out the door at a certain time and then be yeah. like walking around. So it was never like a hundred percent convenient to have these things, but now it is. Cause like I'm you, making my yeah. own latte at home. I'm making my oh, own matcha so at home. I'm so jealous. That's so, so nice. It's, it's all these things. Even now, like when restaurants are like obviously struggling, like I try to like, yeah, even with, like support when you, where you can, how you exactly, can. Exactly. Being like at least supportive, like here and there, like with your precautions and everything, which, you know, again, it's like, we never expected that our like world would flip upside down. No, which never. I literally was just saying that on Instagram. It's like, we were used to like, oh, and we hit the weekend and be like, oh, I'm going to go do, I don't know, a yoga class. And then I'm going to yeah. hang out with my friends and do brunch. And then we're going to go and run errands. And then it's like, again, you go to your house and by the time you're there, you're like exhausted. It's time to shower and like cook dinner and then like just hit the bed or like hit Netflix. And then like, that was something you looked forward to and mm -hmm. now it's like something that like we like the only thing we have like let's say is Netflix and it's like you've been through every show already. every single show every <laughs> season so it's it's really I think it's just such a change now but um still um really amazing that yeah. New York is still here when when you know everything goes back to the normal I know I'm so excited to go back to the city next month I'm counting the days down well, Lauren, thank you so much. Um, I hope to 
maybe meet you in person when yes. this is all over. Oh, not maybe, because... for sure. We need to do something in the city when this is over. So yeah, I'm really excited I had you on the podcast. And everybody, if you want to hear more about Lauren, subscribe to her podcast, Rookies in the Real World, and subscribe to Realistically with Liz to get updates on new episodes. Yay! Thanks for having me, Liz. This was so much fun. Thank you, Lauren. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Before you go, make sure to rate and review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And for more behind the scenes, follow us on Instagram at Realistically with Liz. Until next Saturday.